Hello, everybody. My name is Dallas Sauertella. I am the multimedia editor here at The North Wind, and today I am joined with... My name is Andy Ballinger. I'm the opinion editor at The North Wind, and today we will be talking about the recent student protest in Tennessee against gun violence and the reactionary measures that were taken against three lawmakers who decided to protest with the students. But before we get to that, let's meet today's uh, guests on the podcast, starting with... Hi, I'm Alan Plattenberg, the features editor. My name is Kata Rothhorn. I am the editor-in-chief. So, after the the school shooting that happened at that Christian school, which I wish I had the name of, but I don't have it at the top of my head, um, students organized, Nashville uh, public school students mainly, organized a massive protest at the Capitol. Um, this was also in collaboration with a movement that was started after the Parkland, Florida school shooting. Mm-hmm. I don't have the name of the organization. Does March for Your Lives? March for Your Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it was part of the organization. So it was a very well-organized protest. There's a lot of students. They did a walkout during school hours. And they walked to the Capitol. And the Nashville Capitol has that um, little, like, balcony thing. Rotunda. Rotunda at the top. Yeah. Um, so you, that's, I mean, it's open to the public to kind of go in and over, mm-hmm. like, look over the proceedings of the, the state legislature there. Um, and so they were up there and they were shouting. They had a lot of really great chants. One of my favorite ones that I read about was, you ban books, you ban drags, but kids are still in body bags. Mm. Um, really kind of um, asking the legislature to change and actually to provide gun legislation that um, is actually saving kids because they're saying that they're banning a lot of things in the uh, name of the benefit for children. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're really doing is ignoring the issue of um, gun, le- gun laws, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, And so during that protest, which was very loud, I mean, there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of students in that building. I don't have numbers for that. Um, But it was causing a massive, it was was kind of stopping the legislature and what they were doing. And uh, three of those Democratic legislatures, which I believe were Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, and... Gloria Johnson. Gloria, yeah. Gloria Johnson. Thank you, Maddie. So those three stood up and were protesting with the children, or I want to call them the protesters. They were Mm -hmm. of all ages. And the Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, um, both um, Democratic lawmakers who are in their 20s and are also uh, black men, used, I believe, a bullhorn and a megaphone to kind of cause more upheaval um, to kind of say, this is a big issue and we're standing with these protesters. Um, I think that was kind of the main action that was targeted when they were asked to, when they were voted out. Um, But yeah, after that protest, the, that protest and the um, actions of those legislatures was compared to the January 6th insurrection. Um, so a peaceful protest um, by both lawmakers and protesters, mainly students, was being compared to the, more, to the very violent mm-hmm. um, and illegal insurrection at the United States Capitol on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that comparison um, by the Republican lawmakers within the Nashville and the Tennessee and nationally, let's be real. And nationally. Um, that is what kind of, that conversation, that comparison is what led to the, essentially, what I understand, like, the voting to mm-hmm. vote out those three Democratic um, lawmakers only. Um, you've got Jones, Pearson, and Johnson. So Representative Pearson and Representative Jones were voted out, but Representative Johnson stayed in by one vote. Mm-hmm. Um and that was said to be not due to her race, but because she was not using the bullhorn. Um, but it has been very likely assumed to be because she's one, a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, an older white woman. And an older white woman. So that same situation. I know also that there was a lot of proceedings leading up to that actual vote. What I did hear is that um, both Jones and Pearson were talking about how they were lost their seat, but they're running again. And there's been so much activity um, to support them that they will very likely be, if not voted back in by the actual legislation, voted back in by their constituents. Um, That's what happened. Nashville, it says, Nashville sends Justin Jones back to Tennessee House days after DOP lawmakers votes. Um, following a unanimous vote by the National Metropolitan Council to reappoint him as an interim representative. So they kind of skirted around. Okay, little loophole. Yeah, because Jones was the Nashville representative. And I don't know what uh, Pearson was. But the they said, yes, yeah, they said, now that we have to replace him, we're just going to send him back. It's their choice. Oh, we're gonna send thank in. you, Nashville. So it's kind of like choosing your, when, say, like someone removes or runs for a different office, you get to appoint an interim, and they just appointed him as his own interim, which is hilarious. But. And that's really interesting, too, because I believe the Tennessee Constitution doesn't allow representatives to be voted off for the same offense twice. Mm. So now that he, you should fact-check me on this one, but I believe I read it in one of the articles that you sent. Okay, let's see. But that it, within the Tennessee Constitution, because he was voted off, the legislation or the yeah because he was voted out due to i believe disruptive behavior or like breaking kind of like rules of decorum he cannot be voted off for that same reason you're again. you're right so that that's kind of lovely. Would go against the constitution yeah i understand that representatives can't like they're supposed to say they're they can be politically affiliated but they have to stay unbiased mm. which that's a whole different bag of everything right like obviously people want them to say certain things and their party obviously wants i would say them. judges have to remain politically unbiased i don't know if politicians do well the expectation is that well, yeah but yeah like that, you said when is it ever right what i'm saying is there's an expectation and the the rules and what they can and can't do follow the expectation right not what they act like so there's an expectation that they don't participate in a protest because that's showing as swaying them mm -hmm. or they are overstepping what they're allowed to do right so that that is yeah i understand yeah and let's all put it in a motion that if there was another protest and a different like like a, a more conservative sided protest mm -hmm. and then there was republican um people or Republican legislators that are protesting with them, we'd want them out too, right? So there is a double side to this, mm -hmm. right? We want people out for protesting one way or the other, whether what side we're on. We just happen to be more. But I think a lot, we have seen a lot of protests since January 6th from that side of the party that we didn't make a fuss about. Right. And it, it happened in Michigan. What kind of happened now? Well, you know, you're from Lansing. I mean... Well, on both sides of the aisle. And, like, this is a whole different ball game. And I think it's because Tennessee is playing into this game of political stunts in their passing of legislation. And also they're just trying to distract from the real issues in their state. What I'm saying, though, is if it were on the other side, mm -hmm. would anything happen to these legislators, whatever we want? whatever we want our opinions are. Would that happen the same way? Is this a disgusting show of racism within political, like, mm. you know, the, the political structure? And is this problem, which the answer is yes, bigger than the riot? Because we have, I mean, 
how many and, and I know this so this is such a, a like a crazy question to ask how many kids die before we fix it right mm-hmm. so does this problem that this protest does it does it not expand a little bit higher than you know the structure that we built upon like this is like a big deal and that's what I think the protest was about right this is I don't care I, like and I, I get what you're saying yeah this is I think this extends a bit above the quorum. Yeah. Or like keeping the peace on the floor. Because there's not peace. Because people can do what happened. Right. And but also like there's a difference between going into a place with malice right. and dark intentions and going into a place begging for change. There's a difference between uh constructive conversation on the house of the floor and bigots and racists yelling the most insane shit at each other and that's what we're facing so how do we see are we going to get change or are we going to keep seeing instances like this where students who are young don't really have any like we're, we're building up to this point of having like this stakeholder or like this say in the race or whatever, but we're not old enough to run for Congress and the youngest ones that did just got thrown out for speaking up. So how do we get our voices across? Is this, it's come down to like, this is the last chance. And not only was it done, but it was done peaceably, not with weapons bared and breaking down doors and smashing windows and threatening the lives of these lawmakers, it was just, we want answers, we want help. That's the difference. Decorum being disrupted for good is good. What we define as good, like you're saying, could be different depending on your political affiliation. But when good is just, it will prevail. That, yeah. I I know my rambling sound, I, I try to stay on, I, okay. I obviously have a political opinion. I try to stay unbiased and uh, go for both sides as a color commentary. If you're listening to this podcast for one side or the other, um, you'll notice there is a side. But I, I do my best. But at this point, I think that it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. If if you're a student and you have a reason to be scared because this can happen anywhere and there is no reason for it. Like that we can define. Anyone can just choose to come to our school with an automatic weapon and just like, like okay, look, MSU is still recovering, mm-hmm. right? Anyone, that could happen to us. In NMU, this little sheltered area in the middle of nowhere. And I, I think like if – I think, okay, it's very powerful what you said. And like I think I'm getting emotional because of it. I am I'm scared because mm-hmm. I'm scared that I'm going to come up into a world and I'm going to forget about it. Because that's I think that's like the point, right? That's what they want. Because when we get out of the student life, we don't care as much about student life. And this is something that directly it's about schools and where mm-hmm. it's you know, I think their whole reasoning the whole. The whole reason why we don't have younger people in is because by the time we get to their age, hopefully we've forgotten about all the injust and we're ready to stick to the norm. And that's the whole – like that's the idea of conservatism is sticking to the norm. I don't want to be like, oh, the entire system is based off of conservative ideas. But that's like the the definition of conservative, you know. 
um, it, I, I could ramble for on and on and I can end up making sense or it sounds like I'm going in a different direction, but purely it's, I'm just worried. And I usually don't say that I'm scared of these things because I prefer to have positive outlook on things. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a big believer in infectious positivity. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is not a reason to be it's the only positive thing about that is that people were willing to stand up. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not like trying to incite violence or incite protest or incite anything. It's not inciting violence. It's right. encouraging positive change in a peaceful manner. We've seen it done before. Right. And usually when there is violence and when there's peaceful protests, it's not from the side of the protesters. But we have to realize that protesters they're legitimately antagonizing people. Not for the answer of violence, but for the answer of change. But sometimes violence is the answer. And it's not asked for. You can look at any rights movement in our history. We were asking for change, uh, statutory change, like with laws, and we got violence in return. I don't know. I, I definitely, I don't think what they've done is right. I think it's it's very wrong. And I mean, I'm also very scared for like, future like kids and every year I mean this is getting worse and worse and nothing's being done about it even though it's right in our faces in lawmakers faces I mean like it's just at this point it's kind of like I mean if you like compare like they're trying to compare like it's like January 6th and it's like this protest can't even be compared to it just because it's it's like comparing like I don't know like oranges and apples like it's just they're two different like types of like protests and one mm -hmm. is obviously peaceful and they have a right to do that obviously peaceful and also like the message behind the two protests is just so drastically different like what they're fighting for but anyways yeah go ahead Kata. I want to acknowledge what you said, so I think that was really important to frame it that way, and I really appreciate you you framing it that way. I was going to talk about that, but I think you summed it up pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, so just to kind of shift gears a little bit, I don't want to change it too much, because I think this is a really good conversation, but um, after they um, voted out Pearson and Jones, they kept talking about what they're going to do in response to the shooting, and the main response has been put more security guards in schools. And for me, that's one, really harmful in a lot of ways, just because a lot of gun violence, not just in schools, but gun violence in America is um, disproportionately harming black communities. And in public schools, especially in places like Tennessee, there's a lot of public schools that have a large population of black people and black children mm -hmm. in them. And adding more security guards does not make those people feel safe. Um, it also add, is adding more weapons into a school building, which I think the goal is to make children feel more safe by removing weapons from everybody mm -hmm. um, and not adding more police figures to a school environment. Um, they also have security guards in like I believe the statistic that I read was two-thirds of schools in Tennessee, and I don't think it's getting any better um, by having them there. Yeah, and also, just quickly add, I think Tennessee allows care teachers to carry in the classroom. Yes. It, like, they have the locking mechanisms on their door. They have all these precautions that they've claimed in the past are going to work. 
And it, it's hard because you want to think that these measures are going to help, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to protect, you're trying to barricade this place to add security guards. And I think very theoretically, it could look like you are protecting these kids, you're putting them in a bubble, and you're making sure they can't leave. But that's also really constricting for children. Going to high school at a time where we had a lot of bomb threats and we had a lot of school shooting threats, especially my junior and senior year, we suddenly were not allowed to go outside for lunch. We had a great outdoor yard where we could go and sit like in the spring and have lunch outside. We were no longer able to do that because we could not leave the school grounds. All of the doors had alarm systems on them. It was way more constraining for children. It doesn't actually make you feel safer. It makes you more aware of the heightened possibility of a school shooting. Um, and while the police guards, uh, the security guards that I had in my high school were actually quite nice and you could talk to them, be friendly with them, you are very aware that you're walking down hallways and there are people with guns and tasers um, in very close proximity. Um, bit of a tangent, but I think that solution is not what the students are asking for. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't seem like anyone in Tennessee or nationally is willing to consider alternative solutions such as banning guns. Um, enough, yes. I don't, I don't, I, I'd like to, before you said bit of a tangent, I think it's super important to bring that up because I, the solution of, when has the solution been, let's do more of it? Mm -hmm. We have a problem, let's, and, and the problem, let's be specific, are guns. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know there's like guns don't kill people. People kill people. People kill people because they have the ability to. Yeah. And the ability is a firearm, which allows you to completely sever life at a distance at a rapid rate. Mm -hmm. That is what a gun does. Right. That's and no matter what you say it's for. That is what it's for. Even if you want to go down to hunting, it's for killing an animal or even to the rain. Like what are yeah. you doing at the gun? Like there's a, like competitive shooting. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Right, like, like, but the, that's the people at the regulated. Yeah, they're that, is, and also if you've seen like the Olympic people, the guns that they have, the like those are like shooting like BBs. Those right? are not military grade. So, yeah. I don't care what it is. If you're at a range, you're practicing to shoot something. That's mm -hmm. what ranges are for, right? You're practicing how to learn how to reuse your firearm so you could be better at whatever it is X, Y, and Z. And that's not saying there are not responsible gun owners. There are thousands of mm -hmm. responsible gun owners. There are more responsible gun owners than irresponsible gun owners. Agreed. But there are most... Okay, I'll, I'll put someone that I know on blast without saying their name. There is someone that I know that I am really close to, one of my favorite people in the world. They own many guns. Mm -hmm. Never would... I would never, ever expect that person to be an irresponsible gun owner. Okay? But they... Their whole argument for having them is because they are cool, and that's fine. It's fine to have things because they're cool. But there is nothing you're doing with that gun then besides having it because it's cool. Why not find something less deadly that's cool? Like, find a different hobby. Even um, a knife or, like, a knife collection. Like, I'd be down. Or anything. Like, get Legos. <laughs> but Get a Nerf gun. <laughs> so if the problem... After all of that, if the problem sincerely is guns, why would we add more guns to the equation? Because what kills the most people involved, like with guns involves shootouts. Adding guards to anywhere with guns creates this really great objective of now if you want to shoot the school, we get to have a shootout. Which mm -hmm. not only accounts for a security guard dying for doing their job and that person dying and... 
anybody else in the area who accidentally gets shot or is a secondary target. Yeah. So we're, we're throwing more people into the mix that can get shot, and we're throwing more guns that can shoot someone, mm-hmm. which is like saying the building is on fire, grab the flamethrower, we're going to burn it down before the fire burns it down. Right? That's Duh. the same thing. Right. So I'm wondering, like, what, like you said, like, when is it going to reach that point where there's no other alternative that we can... Like, are we going to keep letting people die until we realize there is no other alternative to this issue except... I think we've reached that point. You think I just so? think the people in this legislature have not reached that point. I think most people that... I mean, granted, I live in a bit of a bubble. Like, I, I'm on a college campus, right? Like, there's a lot of discussion that I think centers around... Mm-hmm. Um, like what we're having right now. Um, I think a lot of people have reached that point. I think the protest is a sign that we have reached that point. The number of movements that we have regarding gun regulations and gun control is a sign that we have, we, America has dealt with this problem for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not a new issue and it's, it hasn't been, I mean, We've known we've been doing it for decades, but I mean, it's beca- it's ramping up more and more, I think. And but we've already reached that point. I think we just haven't reached the point where the people that have that are aware of it are actually in positions of power, um, or where the NRA is not. Where the, the it's it's an interesting issue because we have the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. um, and we have the National Rifle Association that provide a moderate to weak argument concerning why we should all be allowed to have military-grade weapons. Um, but I think in a lot of ways... Um, that's What's so great about the Second Amendment argument, argument, though, is that it literally says, says well-regulated. Yeah. Like, what does that mean to you as a gun owner? That you can go anywhere and buy a gun? That's not well-regulated. It also said well-regulated militia. You, singular, owning a gun is not a militia. I think the, I think the point is that at, at a moment's notice, we could form one with all the gun owners. But I agree, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. People who have guns have a lot of guns, and they have yeah. two arms and two hands. So, like, why? You know, like... And, <laughs> oh, that also... Paranoia. Oh, why do people have more than three eyeshadow colors? No, 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 no. Eyes. But that's different, because those can't kill someone. <laughs> I was making... Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I was yeah, doing. I get it. I love just, all like, the shades. I... I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And I think another thing is, like, we're, we're pushing background checks, mm-hmm. which is good. But I, the reason I don't like the idea of background checks is because it's almost like a compromise rather than a solution. Mm. Also, if even, even the conservative side is pushing background checks, like they want them too. They're saying, they're saying we should do background checks, but that's all we should do. And liberal side is saying we should do background checks and take away most of the guns. They're, it's not even take away most of the guns. It's because when people hear that, it just automatically becomes, oh, my God, they're going to come to our house to take away all our guns. That's not what's happening. It's, take, it's not taking away guns. It's regulating the ones that are military grade. No one's going to come and take away your shotgun. Trust. That, like, but, but people, that we are going, like, okay, the end goal is to take away not the shotguns, not the bolt-action rifles, no, mm-hmm. none of that. It's to take away handguns. Even right? handguns? Okay, handguns are the biggest issue. 
Most outside of school shooting is done with a rifle because it is the fastest way to yeah. do it. Handguns are the most, like, that's how most people die. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, handguns. Pretty concealed. Mm. It you can bring it in everywhere. It's also concealed carry is super easy to get it, like into, and they're making products that make it easier for you to not show that you have a gun, and also easier for you to carry a gun on your person. Mm-hmm. It's like the only like ableist thing that is like supported by the conservative side. I might have to cut that out. <laughs> um, where Sorry. they're like a- anybody of any type can now have a gun. No way. <laughs> like. Like, I okay, but let's uh, going back. We the goal is to take away guns, mm-hmm. right? And I know that sound, I know what you're saying, how but it I think like, even before we get to the step of taking them away, it's going to be regulated, right? Like, we're we can't, like, Democrats and they always have this issue of like, we're very like end viewer people where we're like, oh, we have this great idea, this is what we want to do, but we don't know the steps to get there. We're not taking these little steps. And regulating is the first step into that eventual, like, utopia that we see. Well, I think I think my, what, I was tr- what I was getting to is we they both sides want background checks. Mm-hmm. And one is, like, that's the end all. Yeah. And the other one is, that's the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Where are the background checks? I could go buy a gun right now. Mm-hmm. Easily. It, the, the only thing stopping me is the waiting period. Mm-hmm. It the waiting period is a superficial thing. It feels like because I I know for one hundred percent fact I will not get into my medical history. I will not go get into what is what is it going on in my life, my family's medical history, none of that. I know I could give them one hundred percent accuracy, and I could buy a gun. Mm-hmm. I which is concerning. Knowing you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's fair because the only okay. I think that's that's funny because um, the only concern is that. Uh, I shouldn't have a gun because I would just like I wouldn't hurt anybody with it. But I just like I feel like if I had a gun, I'd be the kind of person to post like ironic oh, like no. gun supporting things, like like using my my Glock to do something it was never intended mm-hmm. to do, or like having the remote control taped to the top of my firearm <laughs> and being like it's more accurate this way. I would be that kind of person, which it doesn't help either side. No. <laughs> Um, I love the honesty, though. I, I promise you, if I had a gun, I would not be a responsible gun owner, which is why I don't buy a gun. Thank you. Wish right. more people were like you. I, I would end up probably shooting a hole through my wall before anything. Like, I'd accidentally shoot it. Don't ever buy a gun.